Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Will Cooper, coming back for another Hunt Stand podcast episode. On today's episode, of course, we're going to be talking turkey hunting, but we're going to be talking about the NWTF. We've got Pete Muller, who is the public relations manager on over at NWTF, and we're actually down in Texas with him at the recording of this podcast. We were putting some birds on the ground, hanging out with some Nashville, Tennessee country music artists, and just having a good old time. But we were able to take a little bit of time out of the crazy action. You know, we were getting up at 4 a.m. and not getting back till camp till 9 or 10 o'clock at night sometimes just trying to roost birds. And it was an awesome time. But we're going to get Pete on here to talk about NWTF, all the different initiatives they have going on there to save the habitat, save the hunt, so that we've got more birds to hunt in the future, all the different things they're doing over there at NWTF. But we got Pete on here to talk about that. Turkey hunting. We've also got Mr. Josh Dalkey on here again to just talk about turkeys and what they're doing down in Texas at the time of this hunt. Just kind of recapping what we did, how we hunted them, and what was going on. But nonetheless, we just want to thank all of y'all for tuning into the Hunt Stand podcast. We greatly appreciate your support. If you haven't yet, head on over and rate, review, and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. So as soon as we drop new episodes, you get notifications on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening. But once again, we just want to thank y'all for all your support over here at the HuntStand Podcast, and we hope you enjoy. All right, gentlemen, we are live. We are out here south-central Texas, if you will, and we're live, Texas Turkey Camp. We're here, HuntStand, NWTF. We're doing a lot of good things. Birds have been hitting the ground, and we've got Josh Dalkey from HuntStand, and we've got Pete Mueller from NWTF. So, gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Absolutely, man. Um, just a pleasure to be on here. It's been a great week so far and uh, always a pleasure sharing camp with people who care as much about those turkey birds as we do. It's been a long, long days the past couple of days. 
It has, man. I, I, I actually think that this is one of the neatest turkey camps that I've ever been to, mainly because it's totally different from what you think of when you think of Texas turkey hunting. I mean, this is not brush country. This is some serious terrain, and uh, you know we've been at it early in the morning till late at night, mm-hmm. getting after birds all you know off the roost and making sure we're putting them back to bed. And uh, it's been interesting for sure. Before we dive into everything. I want to talk, let's give the listeners a little uh, DL on what all has happened, who we've had in camp, and specifically what happened last night. I know we've got pretty much one morning sit left before everybody flies out, but let's talk about the birds that have hit the ground recently. Sure, man. Um, so, f- first off, this is kind of a, a fun camp for, for everybody. You know, Hunt Stand, you guys are here doing your own thing, but NWTF, um we're here shooting uh, a series that we started last year called Gobblers and Guitars, and it's pairing together country music, uh, singers, songwriters, and outdoor pursuits, specifically turkey. So uh, we've got Jenna Masters, uh, Whitney uh, Duncan, and then we also had Jordan Rowe here in town who were all based out of Nashville. Um, you know, only one of them had ever killed a turkey before, and he had never even chased birds outside of South Georgia. So brand new experience for all three of them mm-hmm. uh, we've been working hard to get them birds right now uh two out of the three have put birds on the ground and uh the one that you're talking about from last night um <laughs> I, you know I, I think people will will relish in seeing the footage whenever it comes out but uh the opportunity to double up single shot double um and put down two monster birds that you know the overall footage is epic you guys mm-hmm. have seen it um I think it's a uh, truly awesome experience the way we've been able to hunt birds here. Base jumping off of cliffs, um, you know, crazy terrain uh, for, for everything that these turkeys are dealing with. It's amazing. I can't wait to see the footage off all this. And y'all's probably going to be a two-part, three-part series? So we will have a three-part series. Uh, we'll kick it off just with an overall teaser of everything that's going on here. And then each one of our singer-songwriters will have their own story, uh, kind of telling a little bit about themselves. Mm-hmm. their their music their stories and kind of putting together a nice little piece looking forward to it sweet josh you put a bird down second morning how did that feel i did it was uh man i've been hunting turkeys now for 20 some years and i've hunted rios about six different times and like pete said i don't know i guess if i had to have an iconic Rio Grande turkey hunt this would probably be the one at least out of my experience Mm -hmm. um the places I've been like these turkeys feel really really wild and it's almost like if you if you take it back to the old days when there were like remaining pockets of eastern birds in Missouri in the Ozarks to me that's kind of what it feels like down here at this ranch in the spot that we call the devil's nest which is essentially like a a pocket that's surrounded by huge canyon walls on three sides and there's just this population of turkeys that lives down there in the heart of it and like if rios were ever at the point that easterns were it feels like the last remaining population would be in the devil's nest i mean (laughs) these turkeys i would bet you that there are turkeys in the devil's nest that have not seen a human being before and it just it feels super authentic like you're hunting the most pure rio grand turkeys that you could we're not hunting senderos where you're, you know, basing a lot of the, mm-hmm. the hunt off of corn. I mean, that's just Texas, you know. There's not a lot of 
good dirt down here for food plots and there's not a lot of moisture. So it's just natural that you feed wild game with protein feeders and corn feeders. And that's how you do a lot of your patterning for your hunting, including turkeys where it's completely legal. But here it's like, you got this population of turkeys that are just down there living life, running this dry Creek bed, eating a bunch of natural vegetation. And you got Oak trees and all this stuff. And just, they're just out there browsing, living their life. And, um, when I killed that turkey a couple of days ago, I can honestly say that it was in the most beautiful place I've ever shot a wild turkey in my whole time as a turkey hunter. It was insane. Oh, by far. Like those pictures don't do like I know the pictures were cool, but it just didn't do that scenery justice. No, the the pictures nor the footage do it justice. Like you can sit here and and like try to visualize what we've been seeing, but I guess that's one of the cool parts about it. Even when you're photographing and filming a hunt, like you know that what you show to people at the end, like you still get to hang on to that little piece that the viewer doesn't even get. Like that's your special little heart of the hunt that you cannot express through the the lens of a camera. And mm-hmm. that's 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 what you get to cling on to. Like like nobody else can experience it the way that you did. We try to do our best to portray that and show it but it never does it justice. And that's, no. that's all the more reason to get out there and do it yourself. I agree, man. I agree. It's, this is a special place that we're at down here. So Pete, let's talk NWTF. And I know I've kind of done this a little backwards, but uh, typically I start the podcast off with doing a 30 foot tree stand view of who our guests are. Everybody's met Josh already, but give us a 30 foot tree stand view of who you are, man. What do you do for NWTF title? Give us give us the skinny of Pete. Oh, goodness gracious, man. Um, so, been with the Turkey Federation uh, it's either eight or nine years at this point. Um, but uh, my, my entire tenure at the organization, I've been involved with communications department, um, whether, you know, press releases when I first started helping out on social media. Um, now I, I manage website and, and involved in, in a lot of different touch points on the communication side. Um, and, and this is this instance here where we're, we're down here doing some shooting. This is just one small thing where, uh, a couple times a year, I help put together some camps. Uh, again, this time fortunate enough that, that Josh and I were able to, to get this thing together. Um, but it's, it's really trying to help shape the brand as we move forward, trying to tell the NWTF story in a new way. Um, and and share the experiences that are being made possible by the great work of our volunteers on the ground. All those people that are out there helping to raise funds, helping to make sure that there are turkey birds around for you know the the newbie hunters and first time hunters like we have here in camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I honestly don't even know what my title is anymore. <laughs> it's one of those <laughs> things. Um, Man of many hats, but. But, you know, we, we've got a lot of great people on the communications team that are helping to put together books and, and turkey call episodes and and, uh, and and all the great content just telling telling all the great things that are going on right now. Sweet, man. One of the things I want to kind of dive into because I feel like my generation specifically and younger don't have a real grasp on what a lot of conservation groups do. I think they see them, they think they're cool, but I don't think they have like a real big grasp. And so kind of tell us a little bit, what all exactly does NWTF do? I mean, obviously we're talking turkeys, but what all does NWTF do? 
All right. So, you know, before I tell what we do now, I'm going to give just a very, very quick backstory. But obviously, NWTF was started back in 73 with a, a mission of helping to conserve this bird that we all love chasing every spring. Um, but it was also an organization that knew the importance of our hunting heritage and what that was going to be able to do to, mm-hmm. to, to help continue these pursuits, um, you know, into the future for, for future generations. So, um, obviously through all the work that was done with, with partners, members, volunteers, state agencies, the bird went from about 1.2, 1.3 million up to almost 7 million at its height. You know, now we're actually sitting at about, I think it's uh, anywhere between like a, a 15 to 18% decline off that, that high, but we're still sitting at six point you know, two, five million birds across the country. Um, and so we've, we've now spent a lot more time not transplanting birds place to place, but what we're doing is trying to make sure that the habitat for these birds specifically is suitable to help them continue to, to breed, reproduce, have high recruitments. And, and it's all part of a cycle that, you know, that is beneficial to, to species far beyond just the American wild turkey. But we're doing all those things in addition to funding research. We actually just announced additional funding that we opened up. Uh, we've been taking um, uh, requests for proposals on that. Yeah. Um, I think that's actually getting ready to close here soon. Um, but we're starting new larger landscape level initiatives that are bringing in non-hunting, you know, and outdoor partners into the fold. Um, but just people that, that have a shared sense of outdoor recreation and we're getting to share our story with them. They're getting to to learn about what we're doing and how it benefits everybody. Um, whether you like outdoor recreation, or you like clean water, or you like, you know, uh, healthy forests around it. I mean, obviously certain parts of the country, the work that we're doing is, is as simple as helping to maintain habitat for birds, but it's also helping to cut down on wildfires. It's a very, very important thing to a lot of communities. Um, but then, then we're, we're still involved in some of our hunter recruitment pieces because we understand that while the, the total number of hunters may not really be changing, the percent of the overall population is changing and that's the part that's decreasing. And for us to be able to continue these pursuits, we do need to have an increased voice to weigh in on policies. And those are things that we're also involved in state level, federal policies, all those things. Um, I actually just saw today that uh, Recovering America's Wildlife Act just passed out a committee. They'll go on to the Senate floor. Um, but those are things that we've been pushing for to try to help get additional funding for wildlife conservation. So there, there's a lot of touch points beyond yeah. what normal people see. The, the, the part that they see the most of is, hey, I go to a banquet, have a whole lot of fun with my friends, bid mm-hmm. on some cool gear that I'm going to then put up out in my house. Or they go to convention, become a member that way. But they they sometimes maybe don't understand where all their money's going. Um, but there's a, a lot of great funding. Uh, I think, it, you know, even in a COVID year, it was still 86 cents on the dollar that we're putting back towards mission related activities. And then we're able to leverage that sometimes as much as, you know, 20 to one, but on an average, probably close to about 10 to one to get great stuff done across yeah. the country and in high need areas of impact for those turkeys. Got it. Why that was a whole lot more winded than probably what you were expecting. <laughs> no, I like it, man. I do. I do. You know, I want to back it up a step. Why do you think like I, I've heard this not only from you but from other sectors in the hunting industry? Why do you think our hunter numbers are decreasing? Because I 
to me, it doesn't make sense when you hear about how many public land hunters there are out there. What, what What's your thought on it? What's your take? You know, I, I think this, this is all work that we did actually in looking at, um, at the overall organization as a part of the rebrand. It's that, again, it's not so much that the total number of people hunting is changing. Okay. It's just that the, the U.S. population obviously is growing. Yeah. But if you keep that flat line of, you know, with ebbs and flows of the total amount of people hitting yeah. the woods, whether public, private, or whatever, if you're increasing the amount of space that they have to occupy, but you're still keeping that same sliver, they just become a smaller percentage. So yeah. this isn't, you know, it, whether it's, you know, 16 or 11 million, as far as the people hunting, you know, you compare that with the total U.S. population since the 80s, it's gotten to be far more or far, far less percentage of the population. Yeah. And that matters when it comes to things like policy is if you're that tinier voice trying to speak up saying, Hey, we're here and this is something that's important to us, but the majority of people really don't care about hunting mm-hmm. and, or understand even what it does for their stuff, then, then that you're at a disadvantage. See, and I think one of the cool things too, about, um, hunter recruitment, if you will, just talking all of this, I've had a lot of people that see the things that I'm doing on social media, see things that he does and other things and I get hit up all the time that people want to learn how to hunt. Have you seen that before? Absolutely. Um, I, th- I think it's one of those things that the, the traditional ways of people learning to hunt, and, and Josh may or, may or may not disagree or agree with me on this, but the traditional way of people learning to hunt is gone where it, not everybody's learning from their family member or a dad it's they're mm-hmm. they're being brought in in different ways. Maybe they saw something on YouTube, and now that's what they do is they just watch YouTube videos all the time. And that's how they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, or they have a friend that taught them how to do it, but there still is plenty of recruitment happening. But there's also in in that more traditional way of through somebody that they know that's that's you know giving them that exposure to to outdoor pursuits. But there's still a lot more people. Again, the U.S. population has increased. There's still a lot more people out there that, especially now, are wanting to eat more healthy. They're wanting to source their food in different ways. They're wanting to get out and get exercise. They're, they're, people actually are putting down electronics and getting outdoors at a higher clip. And maybe that's the, one of the best things to come from COVID. But there's people out there eager to learn and we can either turn our nose up at them and say, hey, there's there's not enough space to go around. Or we could educate them to where even if they say, you know what, hey, maybe this isn't for me, but I totally get it now. We're, we're at least making an impact on them and maybe bringing somebody into our circle that then we'll also become an advocate for us. All right, y'all, we're going to interrupt this podcast real quick from a word from our sponsors and to thank them for the support of the Hunt Stand podcast. Uh, first, we got Federal Premium Ammunition. You know, it's federal season. There's nothing louder than a gobble from long beer that struts into range or silence as complete as after you take the shot. Celebrate the ultimate right of spring with Federal. Up next, we've got Work Sharp Tools. Sharpen every knife you own. And finally, we've got Yamaha Outdoors, revs your heart. So we just want to thank them for their support of the Hunt Stand podcast, and we're going to get right back to it. Tell us about Help the Yelp. So, you, you know, I, I touched on this very briefly, but there's a lot of people in, 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 in a younger generation right now 
that has never known the 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 perils of a turkey population that wasn't as plentiful. I mean, they came up in in a time where birds were at their peak or slowly moving backwards, but we're at a time where we're seeing as an overall American wild turkey population, you know, we're seeing unhealthy uh, things that are going on, whether it be too many birds in certain places. And you yeah. see that in urban areas. And, and obviously that's not healthy because there's, mm-hmm. it leads to more interactions, but there's also pockets where there's declines and people aren't hearing as many gobbles. They're not getting those, those quality hunts. And again, it's, it's not that they're not just killing birds, but us as turkey hunters, we love just getting out into the woods and hearing that gobble that, that equates a successful morning for a lot of people. Um, yeah, if we were to take out Jenna and Whitney, you know, on their first hunt and they didn't even hear a peep, they'd be like, I don't, I don't really know if I get this whole thing that you guys are trying to tell me to do. (laughs) So a lot of that's part of that hook, but, but there's, there's bird numbers that again are just unhealthy and, and we're trying to figure out why. And we know that to do so, there needs to be more people that are a part of conservation. And so when you look at overall turkey hunter numbers and and those numbers actually have gone down a little bit and they, you know, again, kind of ebb and flow, but I think right now there's, let's say maybe 225 or 2.25 million turkey hunters right now as adult members, we only have about 160,000. That's, yeah. that's a, a down, that's a slip after COVID obviously because we couldn't have banquets, but, <laughs> but when you think that less than 10% and it's even actually a much smaller percentage than that are mm-hmm. involved in conserving a bird that they care about then you have to do what we can to try to change the messaging and obviously for us the the bird has always been important and we've always been doing research but we have been talking more about the conservation and the habitat work probably more than we have about the research so this is something where we are reinforcing our commitment trying to be a lot more vocal about the research part and why it's important for people to be members of the NWTF to where we can leverage their dollars with partners, state agencies to help really find out what's going on and try to work with all those, those states to try to bring back herd health, bring back the the turkey population health, so to speak. Um, Because again, for us as, as hunters and those that love chasing turkeys, we know that that's something that's very important to everybody, you know? How many members does NWTF have? Like I said, I think it's about 160,000 adult members where, you know, before COVID we were sitting at about, let's say 225,000 members. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on this actually. Um, And a lot of it's just personal, not necessarily backed up by data, but just what I see as a hunter and as somebody who pays really close attention to all this stuff and having been an NWTF member ever since I started turkey hunting when I was age 16, um, I've been a member of, uh, a committee for a, a local NWTF chapter. And I've, I've really tried to pay attention to what's been going on with turkey management. And what I see is that ultimately it's possible that we witness what a lot of people would classify as a bubble with turkey numbers. And so we got to a point where there were no turkeys. And the next thing you know, there were enough turkeys to have a turkey season. And then the next thing, next thing you know, there's enough turkeys where people can go out and just about anywhere you're going to be able to at least hear a gobble or be able to get on a bird and now so many different factors have influenced a decline to the point where people are not having the level of satisfaction that they want 
when they go out on a hunt, the expectations have gotten very high. And some of that's due to media. I mean, people see a, a turkey hunting video or, you know, they read a magazine article or whatever, and they think they go out and it's just going to be an easy thing. And hunting shouldn't be easy. We're dealing with wild animals. And so like, there's always going to be a challenge, but I remember in the heyday of turkeys, cause I was there for it. I mean, it was like, there were turkeys running around all over the place. And a lot of the places where I hunt now across the country, it, it's true that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And so I think what it ultimately boils down to is that you could view it as a bubble or you could view it as that bubble actually is sustainable where we can have the greatest turkey populations. We can have the greatest turkey hunting opportunities regardless of how many people are out there. But the only way we're going to actually be able to keep that level that we had is by active engagement. And one of the ways to do that is through being part of the NWTF, supporting what they do, putting money into it, working on research and management and all the things at the ground level that you need to, to maintain those populations so that everybody can go out and have a good experience. Yeah. Like it, it'd be easy to just say, well, yeah, that was the heyday, but it's not going to be like that anymore. Well, that could be the case, but you get what you put in. It's an investment. It's always an investment for conservation. And like mm-hmm. Pete said, when you're talking about a percentage of the population of people who hunt and people who can influence policies, that's really what it comes down to. It's where do people's values lie? So even if somebody isn't a hunter, if they can see the value in a wild resource, just because it enriches their daily life in some manner, you know, whether they have cleaner air or better water or whatever it is, everything we do for wildlife management ultimately influences the greater ecosystem and what people have and the, the experience they have in life with the environment it all it all connects back to what we do as hunters and conservationists and so that all circles right back to something like wild turkey management where a lot of the projects that are being worked on influence the greater population whether they hunt or not whether 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 they even think about it any time in their life about hunting a turkey or going out and walking in the woods the reality is and it could be proven over and over again that everybody's quality of life is better if the environment is in better shape. And so as passionate turkey hunters, if you ever go and buy a turkey license or you have interest in turkey hunting, it behooves you to support an organization like the NWTF because everything that they do not only puts more turkeys on the ground and in the tree and in the roost for you to go hunt, you're going to go hear more gobbles, but it also impacts the environment. And even if you don't turkey hunt, all the habitat work that's done, it affects upland game birds. It affects white-tailed deer, the number one game species in the whole world. It affects everything anybody does outdoors because all the projects influence the greater good. So, yeah. I mean, you, you have to choose where you're going to spend your money and, and focus your efforts as somebody who wants to contribute to that. But having been an NWTF member for approximately 20 three years or something like that, I would say that it's, it's a pretty good place to, to throw down some dough and do your part to support conservation. Well, I think even if you just, you know, and I, I obviously being with the NWTF, you know, it's easy for me to say this, but 
you know, we as turkey hunters, we spend a lot of money on, on turkey or, you know, on our turkey pursuits. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not the most expensive hunting that you can do. Obviously, you know, there's, but it can be, but you know, we spend, you know, we spend crazy amounts of money just on a box of ammo. I mean, the fact that even, you know, a, a box of, let's say like Longbeard XR is 25 bucks, you're diving into TSS and you're 50 bucks or more, you know, you're talking about a $35 investment in the NWTF and, you know, you could get a $25 Bass Pro card back, which you're then going to spend on, you know, brand new mouth calls or whatever it is to begin with. That That's pretty small pennies in, in you know, the whole drop in the bucket of, of what you're going to spend on your pursuits anyway. And, and if that's truly your passion, why wouldn't you be throwing in that extra little bit just to try to, to help make sure it's there for future generations so man i agree with all that and you know i think looking at jenna what happened to her yesterday evening first time to ever hunt it had to be able to take two birds with one stone and one of them has a double beard like that's what you got to do to get somebody hooked and get involved and do things with organizations yeah, you, you know, I think whether you take whether you take Jenna's story of of uh you know, yeah, the two, two birds one shot and one of them being a bird that, you know, most people will never ever shoot a, a double bearded or multi-bearded bird that um or you take even Whitney's experience of just getting to watch bird after bird after bird, you know, she she did end up missing one. Yeah, yeah. But but she she now has a drive to get back out and you know she she now has a goal that she was trying to complete when she came here of mm-hmm. learning how to hunt turkeys and 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 be able to take a bird so now she's she may even have more fire than Jenna does um i you know but it's they're they're both learning everything about it. i mean we've spent time teaching them calling teaching them about the bird the biology i mean Jenna dove in there and was but helping to butcher her own birds i mean that's all part of the process of how you create a hunter and how you create somebody that's going to then work to protect that resource moving forward. Man, like seeing that, like I'll probably get a little bit of hate when I say this, but I don't see a lot of women doing what she did yesterday, like wanting to dive in and learn all that. Like that was pretty awesome to see that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I know that uh, obviously there can be generalizations and you get people that that don't want to dive in one way or the other. But, I mean, you know, we've also had the luxury of knocking down a few hogs here and she was out there helping out, um, you know, doing everything that she can because she's eager to learn Mm -hmm. and take it all in because it's something where maybe she hasn't had anybody that's actually said, hey, you know, here's an opportunity that's out there should you want it. And we'll do everything that we can to teach you about it. And so yeah. she's she's soaking it all in. The, the amount of questions that I've answered just on stuff that, that seems rudimentary to somebody that's never done it before or never even been exposed to it before, you know, th- those are all things that just, again, help help create that hunter and, and build that fire to keep doing it. Oh, she's hooked, dude. She's trying to figure out that mouth call. And then, uh, you know, Whitney, like – Unfortunately, she had that miss this morning. Awesome experience. Like, we, I don't know how we did it, uh, but we ended up setting up literally six feet under one of the roosts in this canyon. And uh, 
man, this afternoon, it was like we had a couple of hens milling around across the river from us. And, dude, as soon as she saw the first one, gun up. She was ready. Like, she's in kill mode right now. She's hooked. Yeah. You know, I'll say one of the things that really impressed me about her is, yeah, she had a miss. Mm-hmm. But the one of the very first things that she did when she got back to camp is she said, where's that box of ammunition? Like, I'm going to go put some more rounds through this gun. Like, I need to get more comfortable with it. I need to learn more about this gun. I need to figure out if I was doing something wrong. I mean, she could have just gone, you know what, that's it. I'm, I failed at what I, I was trying to do or I failed at this thing and I'm hanging it up. I don't, I don't want to go back out there. Yeah, but there, there's a lot of people that that happens to them. They're, they're done. And, and then there's just that, that off vibe in camp the rest of the day. Yeah. She's had good spirits. Oh, absolutely. I mean, heck, just a little bit ago, she's in there singing some tunes and is a part of just a final night here in camp. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been a great experience so far. And we got one more crack at it in the morning, one more person to get a bird. Um, and, uh, you know, one, one last morning out there in, in God's creation, getting to watch the world wake up and okay. in such a unique place. Uh, I can't, I can't be thankful enough for that. Yeah. Well, man, tell the listeners where they can go and sign up to be a member of the NWTF. Surely. Um, so, you can go simply just to nwtf.org, sign up to be a member there. Um, or if you prefer to go to one of these events, there's also a full list of events in your area. You can search those, find a banquet, find a committee, get involved. If turkeys are something that you're passionate about, there are opportunities waiting for you at a local committee level to where you can get involved. And I'd say that's that's really when you get the opportunity to put your money where your mouth is and and if turkeys are important, let's all work together to, to try to do something for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, sweet, man. Where can we find you on social media? I was looking through your page the other day and tell us, man, if somebody wants to give you the old follow on the Instagram, find out who Pete is. Man, I pretty much deleted all my social media. You did? Uh, yeah. It's one of those things that... Uh, I feel like I was spending a little bit too much time on it. I do have one little passion project where um, it's a, it's a page that a friend of mine uh, started up for me and gives me a, an outlet to post cooking content every now and again, but uh, it's on Instagram and it's just called fruits of the wild. Um, but it's where, you know, take, take any of the game that I'm fortunate enough to chase uh, throughout any of the seasons, whether it be spring all the way to fall or, you know, winter for ducks and things like that and just try to whip up things that are appetizing to me um unfortunately as as jordan pointed out earlier in this camp he's like you don't actually give us the recipes you just show us this picture <laughs> and then you you just leave us hanging and i was like well you know heck drop me a line and and if i see you go hey how'd you make that then i'll do my best to recreate something and uh, give you pointers on how to make it but mainly it's just a place for me to post pictures of things that i I think look good and look appetizing. So, love it, man. Love it. Well, man, I know we got a lot of work to do. Appreciate you hopping on the podcast here this evening with us, just talking NWTF conservation efforts and helping uh, teach some people out there about what the NWTF does. Well, I tell you, it's uh, it's something that wouldn't be possible. The work that we do again, I'll I'll say it's it's thanks to those members, the volunteers, thanks to 
um, partners that we have like hunt stand, you know, um, great, great partners in you guys. And then also the other partners that we had that made this, this whole camp possible, uh, Winchester came on board, uh, to try to help put it together, uh, shine United. And then, um, uh, friends over at Nomad just helping to outfit, uh, some folks and some mossy oak for, for the weekend, actually then mossy oak as well. So pretty uh, fortunate to have a lot of people come together to make some of these these small camps happen and hopefully we'll finish up finish up with a a good morning tomorrow yeah man all right y'all that's another end to another hunt stand podcast episode we just want to thank pete and josh for taking the time in a very busy and crazy hectic turkey camp to sit down and podcast with me i greatly appreciate the time and just hopping on talking turkeys nwtf Nonetheless, if you haven't yet, rate, review, subscribe to the Hunt Stand Podcast. Check us out on everything we're doing on Instagram. And also, do me a favor, y'all. Head on over to YouTube and subscribe to our new YouTube channel. It's called Field Notes Outdoors. It's going to be strictly hunting content, some advice from other seasoned hunters, veteran hunters, a bunch of different people on there. We're going to be having a lot of really cool content coming out the rest of the spring and into the fall. Nonetheless, we just want to thank you for all your support, and we'll see you on the next one.
On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.